So where Jesus walked, things began to change. Everything began to be different. Everywhere he went, things were different. Where he stepped his foot, people couldn't believe it. He was going, there was people following him in the masses, and he would go and break this loaf of bread, and somehow 5,000s would be fed. I didn't mean to rhyme, it's just what I do. He would go to his friends, his loved ones, and there would be a, a man declared dead, and he would raise them. He would go to people who've been plagued by demons for years and years and years. And then all of a sudden they would be expelled in his name. And it was different and they spoke for the first time. Get ready. If you're on board with this, if you believe in the way, the truth, and the life, it's going to get different now. So wherever he walked, everything began to change. I just spoke about it. Let's go to the word about it. Don't take my words. Take his word. Matthew chapter 9 puts it like this. When the demon was driven out, this man who had been plagued, had been, had been demonized. A demon was, was um, possessing him. And he wasn't able to speak. Imagine everything that you would do in the natural. You'd go to the doctors. You'd go to the witch doctors. You'd get some essential oils out. You'd do everything you possibly could to figure this out. And then all of a sudden, Jesus walks into town and things start moving. The demon was driven out. The man who had been mute finally spoke. Someone say, praise God. The crowd was amazed and said, nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. It's different, yeah? It's a little bit different. Nobody's ever seen this before. How is this happening? And again, you can take a look at his account. You can take a look at his word. It was different everywhere he went. Everywhere he went, it was different. The only problem is, though, and I wish he was still here in the physical, is that Jesus is no longer here amongst us. He no longer walks amongst us. He's not in the physical anymore. What happened is, Jesus saw a broken humanity like me and you. He was with his Father in heaven, and he was so filled with compassion. Someone say compassion. So filled with real and genuine love for you and for me that he came down to earth. He humbled himself. He subjected himself to everything that we went through, everything that we go through on the daily, yet he lived a perfect life so that he would be the sacrifice, a perfect sacrifice to perfect some imperfect people like me and you. he would give up his life on the cross he'd be shamed in front of the whole world people would falsely accuse him he allowed them to pierce his side and put a crown of thorns on his head and he went and breathed his last breath why for the joy set before him you know what that joy was church you every step he took on that route up the hill he said your name (laughs) so then he died he got buried in a borrowed grave And then they went to check three days later, and he wasn't there. He defeated death once and for all, church. He defeated death once and for all. (laughs) So then he visits with his disciples a little bit more, and he gives some clarity as to what's going on in the kingdom. Hey, you're going to go and spread this good news to everyone in the world. But I got to go. And everyone's like, no, 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 don't leave. Could you imagine? I don't want to be best friends with the guy who rose from the dead. I'll hang out with that guy. That dude's special. 
So he ended up ascending into heaven. So he's no longer amongst us, church. Look at the scriptures. Hebrew 1 says it like this. If you don't believe it, take it to the word. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. I love that. When you see Jesus, when you read this word, it is the exact representation of God, the Father in heaven, the creator of the entire universe. He sustains all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purifications for sins, where is Jesus at now? He's at the right hand of the majesty in heaven he's not here right now but here's the good news is that those who are faithful the believers in the way the truth and the life those who have given their lives to Jesus have turned back from their sins and walk with him day in and day out those who walk with him you actually walk with him inside of you the Holy Spirit is in you church someone say do you not know Do you not know, church? Do you not know? Apparently, apparently you can sit in the church for 30 plus years in the same pew and not recognize the fact that the Holy Spirit resides inside of you. And there's churches who, and again, I understand the Holy Spirit, we can't understand Him. God is so unfathomable and so mysterious, and and you can't quantify all of His ways. And so there's people who ignore the Holy Spirit. There's there's preachers who don't talk about it because it's hard to talk about. I mean, I I get it. It's it's something that is is mysterious, but we got to acknowledge this fact that you and I, if you believe in the way, the truth, and the life, you're filled with the Holy Spirit given to you as a deposit guaranteeing what is yet to come. In other words, when Jesus returns, hold up, when Jesus returns, he's going to look across earth and say, hey, who has my spirit within them? They are my child. Come with me for the rest of time. So it's a deposit guaranteeing what is yet to come. Upon belief, when you give your life to Jesus, in that moment, the Holy Spirit floods your life. He's in you, church. Do you not know that? And if you've been a believer in the way, the truth, and the life for years now, it's time to start walking like you have the power of God that the same power that conquered the grave actually lives in you. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? I got this tattoo. I got the Ark of the Covenant right here. What the Ark was was the presence of God carried into the temple. And only one man could visit that presence. And now what he's saying is he's saying, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit or the presence of God? That means, let me tell you something. When I say I'm here and it's different now, that's not because I'm anything special. That's not because I got skills and talents. That's not because I have a billion dollars, which I don't. I can say I'm here and it's different now because I know who resides inside of me. Do you not know, church? And so when I go into my son's room late at night and he's had some bad weeks going on, I get to go pray with him in a different authority. When I step into work tomorrow, when I have a phone call, we all know that dreaded phone call that you got to go and resolve some problems. When you have that phone call, it's different now because the Holy Spirit's going to be leading your words. When you step into Christmas, which can be a, 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 a time of loss, maybe you just lost a loved one, it can be painful. Maybe there's dysfunction in your family. Thank you for being honest. You're not the only one, Mom. (laughs) We love it. We're dysfunctional. We love each other. But I can go into the holidays knowing it's different. Walking with a different authority. We were just singing about peace. You don't have to be a peacekeeper. You can be a peacemaker this week. 
It's all different where you step your foot now if you recognize the fact that you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Wherever we go, he is there, church. Wherever we go, put this up there, he is there. I am here, and it is different now. Absolutely it is. Absolutely it is. I'm here, and it's different now. Yeah. So we're going to do this series, part one again, and we're going to see what it looks like. And let me tell you why it's different. I love this. Acts chapter 1, we put it up here each and every week. And you will receive power. Someone say power. Power is defined in the word in the Greek as the ability to perform an activity. So if he gives you the power to move a rock, that's what he's going to give you the power to do. The ability to do it. And what he's saying here is you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit, when you believe in my name, you will receive power and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Let me put it in Nick Miller style. Wherever you go is going to be different. It's going to be different. And so next year, does anyone know what the next year is? What the theme of the next year Breaking strongholds, demolishing strongholds. Y'all sound excited for that. I'm telling you, this is going to be a hard year. Be careful what you wish for. (laughs) This next year is, is the year of demolishing strongholds. The stuff that is weighing you down. The addictions that you go to each and every day of your life black box that you don't want anyone to know or have any part of. That black box that makes you feel shame, guilt, tells you you're not good enough, keeps you stuck in a spot. That stronghold that you just can't break, the anxiety that weighs you down day in and day out and you just can't wake up normal. The depression that is a pit that has no end. ready to demolish it? I'm ready. Let's look at the word and let's see what it teaches us though. Let me share this with you. The bottom line for today is this. Where Joshua was, strongholds had to fall. This is the authority that we're talking about today. You have the authority to demolish strongholds, church. We got to believe it. We got to believe it. If the Holy Spirit is inside of you, you have the authority and the power to demolish strongholds. Mm. Joshua goes and faces a literal wall and brings it down. When the trumpet sounded, it says in Joshua chapter 6, the army shouted and the sound of the trumpet, and when the men gave a loud shout, the men, the men, stay, go, hey, ho. Don't get us all going. Then it lasts five minutes. Okay. The wall collapsed, and so everyone charged straight in, and they took the city. I just believe that strongholds gonna go, are going to collapse. God's going to go in and take the city and clear some things out. Yeah? Mm-mm-mm. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. So let's keep talking about authority. Church, here's what I want all of us to believe from the foundation or from the outset of this message. Do you know that we live in a victorious kingdom? That our King Jesus is a conqueror. We are not the tail. We are the head. We are not the losers. We are the winners. And I know your situation might look tough and like you're out and like it's not going to work, but you got the one hook that's going to come up that's going to knock everything out. My Jesus is a thousand percent when he bats. He never misses and he never fails. 
In fact, the only battles that were lost were the result of men, not of God. When you read all of this, the only battles that were lost were when we, when we messed up, when we were not obedient, not faithful, making mistakes. When God's involved, it's 100%. 100%. He wins all the time, church. I'll, I'll even ask you this in the New Testament. Do you see a time in which any obstacle was too great for Jesus? No. No. The man who was at Bethesda for decades, that's not, that's not too big for him. The mute man, oh, even a dead person, no, that's not too big for him. He's, he's a conqueror, and he is victorious in everything he does. Look at, what the, look at what the scripture says. 2 Timothy, I believe this is chapter 1. You can go ahead and put this up there. Jesus has saved us and called us to a holy life. Someone say holy life. A set-apart life, a different life. Not because of anything that we've done, but because of his own purpose and grace. In other words, he's called you to set you apart, to go and build and do something incredible for the kingdom. To go and bring more and more people into his grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. But it has now, go ahead, but it has has now, yep, it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has what? Destroyed. So when we think about Christianity, let me address some culture here real quick. When we think about Christianity, some of us believe that we're meant to be the meek, mild, and compassionate, and I love the words compassionate, and I even love the meek, for they will be blessed, right? Jesus acknowledges that. But I think sometimes, and, and I don't know what type of doctrines have come into the church, but they have convinced the church that we're supposed to be weak and frail and fragile. And we're not that. Look at our king who's our representative. And I'm here to tell you today that you're a direct representation of the authority that you're under. So he's a destroyer of death. <laughs> so I'm going to be a destroyer of strongholds. How about you? I'm going to be a direct reflection of my authority. I hope you jump on board too. Christ Jesus who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, through the good news. That is, through the shedding of his blood and through the tearing of his body, he has made you whole and offered you forgiveness for all of time. That's the good news. You ain't got to pay for it. You ain't got to be perfect. Just believe that and receive it. Turn away and be obedient to him. Watch what happens. Mm-mm-mm. So I, I want to model my authority. He's a destroyer of death. And so what I'm here to tell you today is you and I are called to take land and demolish strongholds. We have authority and we have power. It's time to stop sitting back. It's time to stop shrinking back. It's time to stop letting everything defeat you and you actually go and destroy things. Sounds aggressive. But it's true. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like we believers, we just sit here waiting for something to happen. And I, I find that God gives us all the power, the authority, and the tools to go and do it. And we're just sitting there. And we're letting wave after wave just take us out. It's time to start taking authority and start demolishing strongholds. You're not a victim of your circumstances. You're not powerless. You got this. It's time to start doing it. That stronghold, the anxiety that you're like, whoa, I can never, ever, ever 
feel like it wouldn't be, like that wouldn't be a part of my life. That's a total lie from the enemy. You got to start addressing that stuff and start defeating it. If you're looking at that screen for decades now, it's time. That love is cheap. That love is fake. Get that out of your life. It kills you from the inside out. I know because I've been an addict for years when I was seven years old. I know what it does to your vision and the way that you view intimacy. Get that out of your life. Put the computer down. Mm. The bottle, I know, I know. You got to go to it every night. I know. But you don't have to. You can put it down. And the process of putting it down really hurts. Withdrawal is terrible. But through that pain, it will come. You will be victorious. And there will be freedom. Don't be slave to that bottle anymore. So I want to be, I want to represent my authority. I want to be like my king. And I want to be a destroyer of strongholds. Look at what it says. 2 Corinthians 10 puts it like this. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Come on now. (laughs) We just got to speak a word. Mm -hmm. We just got to pray. Watch what happens when a righteous man and woman prays. Watch. Watch what happens. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. You and I, and we're going to look in this, in this account here, we think of strongholds as barred walls and gates. No, 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 that's not necessarily what it is. If you continue on in that scripture, it talks about philosophies and ideologies and arguments that set themselves up against the kingdom of God. In other words, who told you that? Who taught you that doctrine? We dismantle that. Mm. So my question for all of us today, and and if you're thinking about your strongholds, you're probably already thinking about some stuff. I hope you're being really raw and honest about that black box that you don't want anyone to know about. And here's my question for all of us here today, and I'm even serious about myself. I'm not just some dude who's going to preach it and not live it out myself. I'm, I'm serious, even to myself. Why do we believers stare at the stronghold as opposed to overcome it? Because I think even in the midst of starting this message, and for the past eight minutes, I know I can talk a lot. For the past eight minutes, you've acknowledged what your stronghold is, or you at least have some understanding of what it is. And maybe it's been in your life for 30 years now. You done staring at it? Because that's what we do. And I don't think that's the way that we're supposed to live. Y'all with me, church? Mm -hmm. This is a serious one. This is one of those interesting ones where it's serious, but it's also inspiring, and and you're going to get fired up, but you're like, you know. I feel it, too. I feel it, too. So we get to witness an account. We witness a man of authority dismantle an unbreakable stronghold. You have to understand that at this time, the Israelites were still wandering and finding their way into the promised land. First of all, God's promise is to give you land. He's going to get you there. Come on now. And he's got great promises of freedom over your life, and he's going to get you there. And so they have a promised land. The Israelites, God's chosen people, have been wandering since they left Egypt with Moses. They've been circling around this desert over and over and over again for 40 years. Moses gets to the top of the mountain. He finally sees the land of milk and honey. And then God takes him. And you're like, what? 
Come on, man. All that work. Mm, I would go through all that work for the next generation to get there. We all need to embrace that heart. And so then the second in, in command, his name is Joshua. Someone say Joshua. Joshua steps up and he starts leading the Israelites into the promised land. They cross the Jordan and all of a sudden they come up to their first opponent, Jericho. Someone say Jericho. Yes. They come up to the first battle. Joshua's getting ready. And here's the thing about the Israelites. They've been nomadic. What that means is that they've been traveling their whole life, setting up tents and living off the land. They haven't had a fortified city. They haven't had a place to reside. They haven't had a place to settle down and recoup. And then all of a sudden, these wanderers are going to these people behind fortified walls. This would be a challenge, would it not? And we see God's victory come through. You guys can go ahead and get your books. We're going to Joshua chapter 6. Joshua chapter 6. You know, it's in the very front, very front. Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua. Boom. Joshua chapter 6. And we're going to start in first 1. And you're gonna, I, I, I pray that you would track with me through this because, you know, I get distracted and we take little side notes here. But let's begin. Now, Jericho. Someone say Jericho. What was happening is the Israelites, they saw the Israelites coming into the land and they were getting prepared. You can go ahead and put this up there. Verse 1. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. They were like, oh no, shut the doors. And look at this statement. Well, y'all read this with me. No one went out and no one came in. you're sitting here and you're like oh strongholds Nick what are you talking about like I don't know if I have strongholds and you can sit there in the pride and say that you're perfect and that's wonderful that's awesome let me tell you if you don't know maybe you're just sitting in ignorance and that's cool because sometimes I'm very ignorant and so let me give you some idea on how to identify a stronghold if you don't know how to identify a stronghold in your life then these are the indicators nothing comes out and nothing comes in won't let anyone in. Mm -mm. You cannot see this brokenness in me. Mm -mm. Oh, you cannot tell me that my anger needs to go away. No way. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. You can't tell me what to do. Don't talk to me about my addiction. Get out of here. Don't let anyone in. Your relationships, it's hard to be transparent with one another. You don't even let yourself out. You sit there at night, if only people knew who I really was, would they still love me? And you withhold yourself. These are the indicators of a stronghold. You let nothing out and nothing in. You could be sitting in this service and letting out no praise. Be walking in doing a normal thing, coming in row four, in and out, in and out. Let nothing come out of you. No encouragement, no life, no prayer, no praise. So now with this information, are you able to identify your stronghold? Hmm. Nothing comes out and nothing comes in. That's when there's a stronghold. 
Nothing comes out and nothing comes in. And let me tell you, the one thing that we mostly, whenever we do have a stronghold, the last thing that we want to have come in, let's be honest, humans, y'all ready to be honest with me? The last thing that we want to come in is Jesus. It is the best thing, but it's the last thing that we want. It's the thing that we need to have come in. Because we need to get the understanding that he's come to bind up the brokenhearted and to restore those who are crushed in spirit. But we don't want to let him in because we're barred up and we're walled up. We've got that stronghold. Maybe you're a pathological liar and you literally won't let people see your problem. And you literally won't let people see who you truly are. But you know. And so you just hold yourself in. That's what a stronghold does. That's why we got to dismantle it. How does that sound, church? You want to live like that? No, I don't want to live like that. Not like that. Uh-uh. I want to be free of that. I want to be free of that. Mm -mm. Let no one in and nothing comes out. That's not the life of freedom that you are called to. And so that's what we have authority over, church. We're going to break some walls, yeah? I'm going to break, bro, we're going to break some, I'm here, it's different now, we're going to break some walls. We're going to break some walls. That's what a stronghold looks like. Nothing comes in, nothing comes out. Then the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have delivered, someone say, I have delivered. I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. Here's the crazy thing about these strongholds, is you and I, this is what the enemy loves to do. He loves to convince you and I that we have to go and defeat it when it's already been defeated. He convinces us that we need to go and dismantle everything ourselves and in our own power. And that's not how this works. It's already been defeated. If you've given your life to Jesus Christ and you believe in the way, the truth, and the life, and he has come into your life, you repent of your past and you step into everything in the future with him, it's going to look different. And all of those strongholds have already been dismantled. It's been delivered. You just got to go walk in it. It's done. It's done. I've already been set free. So don't use your freedom to indulge in fleshly things anymore, Nick. Come on, bro. It's enough. I'm going to go and be free. Here's the other thing. Let me also tell you something. You think that your stronghold is keeping you afloat and saving your life. It's really not. It's really not. So he's delivered that. He's delivered these strongholds. They're already defeated. They're already done. That anxiety, it's already been trampled on. That addiction, it's already been released. It's over. Stop putting the chains and the shackles back on yourself. It's over. We need to understand that these walls we face, go ahead. We need to understand these walls that we face have already been defeated and conquered before we even deal with them. Jericho was already given to them before they even lifted a sword, church. Jericho was already given to them before they even lifted a sword. It was over. Now, what type of authority would you act like or operate in if you knew that the battle was already won? It would be pretty different now, huh? You'd go in, you'd see these big walls and be like, oh, that's not a big deal. Here we go. 
You have that authority. It's already been delivered to you. Then this is what happens. God gives him some instruction. Go ahead. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Keep tracking with me. we got a little bit of reading. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. Keeps going. When you hear them sound a long blast of trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout, and then the wall of the city will collapse, and the army will go up, and everyone straight in. Let me tell you something. When dealing with strongholds, when you're dealing with these walls that we have, we need obedience and trust, and that is what unlocks our heavenly power. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. A lot of us look at our anxiety or our addiction and say, well, what do we do? Did you ask this book? You stare at the wall and you're neglecting the fact that there's, I don't know, how many pages in here? 1,400 pages of instruction on how to do this? (laughs) And we just stare at it. No, Joshua, don't go and stare at the wall. Follow my exact instructions. Get people ready to praise. Get people all around. We're going to walk around this thing a couple times, and then y'all are going to shout when I say shout. Let me tell you something. Obedience and trust unlocks heavenly power, church. You have to be obedient to the word. It's going to be really hard to demolish strongholds and be disobedient to the word of God. Can I say impossible? It's going to be impossible. So when it says in the word of God, let's say again, you have a computer screen addiction. Like I once did. It's going to be really hard when he says to put to death what belongs in your earthly nature if you're not willing to put it to death. If you're unwilling to get rid of the phone or the computer that is your source of your addiction that's killing your marriage, killing your life, and holding your thoughts captive day in and day out. It's going to be really hard if you don't actually put it to death. So he's given you the instructions, the march around it seven times. He wants to walk with you into that free indeed place. But you and I are not willing to walk around the walls. Obedience and trust. we got to obey and trust. When I did it, giving up the electronics was one of the scariest things. And I made up every excuse under the sun to keep my electronics. But you just got to, at the end of the day, know that the email would be sent somehow. Give it up. Watch what happens. Obey and trust. It will unlock heavenly power in your life. Always. And so then Joshua receives the instructions and it goes on. So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up, someone say it, the ark of the covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army, advance, march around the city with an armed guard, go ahead of the ark of the Lord. I will tell you this, and, and here's what this is sound like. Before, Don't put this up here yet. Let me tell you something. If you're sitting here and, and you might be saying, oh, these all sound like really good ideas, Nick. I'm here to tell you today that this is not some self-help program. Let me tell you why. You cannot demolish these strongholds without the presence of God. You can't do it. You can't do it. You will beat your head against that wall, no pun intended, forever and ever. You cannot dismantle and demolish strongholds without the presence of God. I've tried over and over again. Ask Target how many Reese's I've bought. Serious. Because I will it and my will breaks. I will it, and then Thanksgiving comes around, and I got some pecan pie. It does, yeah. 
sets me on a course. We can't demolish strongholds without the presence of God. When Nick tries to fight it in the natural, it never works. Be hitting that sword against that wall day in and day out, and it won't work. You need God's presence. This is not a self-help program, church. It's really not. This isn't some toxic positivity. Think it, and it will be. Just be happy. No, it's not that at all. Manifest it. No. Don't turn to any other source either. Don't go to tarot cards. Don't go to crystal balls. Don't go to all that type of stuff. That ain't going to help you either. You need the presence of God, period. Good news is he resides inside of you. Oh, come on. Yeah. Get ready for the year of demolishing strongholds. Let me also say something. No, I'm going to keep reading. I'm, I, got, I got an idea in my mind. Keep going. Yep. And so the story goes on. When Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord, they went forward blowing their trumpets, and the ark of the Lord's covenant followed them. The armed guard. Someone say the armed guard. Let me also tell you this. Sometimes you need to demolish strongholds with the brothers and sisters. Let me tell you that. You cannot sometimes, sometimes you just can't do it alone. The prayer of a, a, a righteous person is powerful and effective. We need to confide and confess with one another so that way we can actually find some healing, forgiveness, and some, I don't know, restoration and victory. So if you want to fight strongholds on your own, good luck. Look, they had a whole army ready to go and take this down. Let me tell you why the prayer team comes up and sits in the front and is ready for you. We have an army ready to surround you. That's why we do this. So they stand up here and you look at them like, what are they doing? They're ready to fight with you. So the armed guard marched ahead of the priests who blew the trumpets and the rear guard followed the ark. All this time the trumpets were sounding. Good, keeps going. But Joshua had commanded the army, do not give a war cry. Do not raise your voices. Do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout. That would be hard for me. Are you kidding me? If me and Jason Majaka were standing next to each other, we'd fail. And then we'd lose, and they'd be like, who did it? Jason did it. Ah, <laughs> uh, don't say a word. And then shout. And so he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once. Then the army returned to the camp, spent the night there. It keeps going. I just want to share this account with you. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. The armed men, again, look at the army, went ahead of them. The rear guard followed the ark while the trumpets kept sounding. So on the second day, go ahead. So on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. And they did this for six days, marching around a city, getting ready for war. That means you put your armor on, you get everything all situated, you're probably all hot and annoyed. You're hearing this trumpet sound like the whole time. Can I tell you what most of us do? First of all, I said this before, most of us often stare at the stronghold for years. And then, go ahead, put this up here. Most of us often stare at the stronghold for years, and then, ha! We realize that we have a stronghold. We get into a Sunday message and we get real hype on a Sunday. We get really excited and we say, we can do it. Yes, we can do this. We go one lap and then we're like, walls didn't fall. No. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Sometimes you're going to march around seven times for seven days. Sometimes you got to go over and over at this wall. 
But we give up so quickly, church. I give up so quickly. We say one lap up, we gave it a try. Oh, it looks like that bottle's going to hold me slave forever. Oh, yeah, I tried with the computer screen. It's just, gonna, it's just part of our life. Hey, look, we even just embrace it in our home. It's just part of our home. Oh, that anxiety. I'm just going to wake up feeling afraid and, and, and terrified for the rest of my life. It's just going to be the way it is. I tried it. Nick, I tried it for a day. Sometimes you got to walk around it until the walls fall. You got to walk around it till the walls fall. Church, sometimes you got to really go at these strongholds. You have to really go at them. It's not some half-hearted, oh, let's go and like think some nice things. No, you got to go at this stronghold with everything that you've got. Don't go one lap and quit. Whatever it is that you've been thinking about this whole time, don't go at it one lap and then quit. Be obedient. Trust God. Walk with him to the very end where the walls finally fall and you will be free and you'll be breathing for the first time in years. It will feel entirely different to you. Don't stop at one lap. Amen? Then we get to the seventh day. Someone say seventh day. Then we get to the seventh day. Go ahead, put this up here. They got up at daybreak and they marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on that day, they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priest shouted or sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, finally, they all shout, for the Lord has given us the city. Go ahead. The city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. To give a little context, they went and spied out the land and they ran into this person. Her name was Rahab. Someone say Rahab. She said, this is how you get in. Let's go ahead and, and we'll keep you safe and we'll get you back out. The spies. And so she found favor with God. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall be spared because she hid the spies we sent. But keep away from the devoted things so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Oh, I got a word for that. Keeps going. Yep. Otherwise you'll make the camp of Israel. Wait. Not just your camp, not just one person's spot. The camp of Israel, liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. All the silver and gold and articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. So when the walls fall, give to God what does not belong in our heart, our mind, or our body. When the walls do fall, Get rid of all of it. All of that belongs to God. Do not hold on to any of it when the walls are falling. It will bring about destruction, church. Get rid of all of it. Mm. If you're trapped by fear day in and day out, and that stronghold does fall, and you've set up habits and patterns, even safeguards in your home, Get all of that out. It doesn't belong in our heart, mind, or our body. Get all of it out. Give it all to God. When the wall does fall, get it all out. Amen, church. Clear it out. It does not belong in you any longer. When the trumpet sounded, this we already shared, when the trumpet sounded, the army shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed, and so everyone charged straight in, and they took the city. Let me tell you something. Uh, let me take a, a, a pause from, like, maybe the, the talk of what goes on in the walls and how to get it out. Let me tell you a little bit of a weapon that dismantles every wall that I've seen. you got to praise God, church. 
So I'm not, I'm not doing this to be mean. But let me teach you. Do you know why we do this week in and week out with a, with a whole team that devotes a ton of time and effort to this? We don't do it to sound good. We don't do it to be a cool brand. We don't do it to have a nice experience so that way you can have your cup of coffee and say, wow, that was pretty cool. That met my needs. We do it so that it's loud enough for you to praise God and in your own way break strongholds in your life. To glorify Him above all else. This is your moment to come in and give Him everything you've got. And truthfully, church, why do we hold back? Uh, and I'm not, I'm not addressing the church. I'm talking core church. Why do we hold back? You uncomfortable? Do you not know? And you don't need to be jazz hands Nick Miller. That's not what I'm saying. I've seen some of the most reverent, life-transforming praise and prayer that has been someone sitting in a seat and just weeping before God. I'm not saying you got to be, you know, kumbaya sesh. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is why are you holding back? Can I tell you when I hold back? I hold back when I forget how much I've been set free. I hold back when I forget how great his love is for me. I hold back when I focus on my strongholds and my troubles way more than I focus on him. I hold back when I haven't done, ooh, I hold back when I haven't done the living outside of this room before coming into this room. So why are you holding back? When we sing, what is it, the goodness one? Todd, say it. Land of the living. How does it go, Todd? Now until, no, not now until forever. I'll, surely I'll see your goodness in the land of the living. When you say that, Surely I will see your goodness in the land of the living. What goes through your mind? What are you feeling? What are you wrestling with? Because I'm, I'm sitting up here, and for the sake of y'all, I'm not ripping my shirt off. So what are you holding back for? There's a peace far beyond all understanding. Jesus, the keeper of peace, and, and peace is a promise he keeps. How are you not resounding? Lead me to you forever, Lord. I will pursue. You've won my heart. How could you not resound? What are we doing? Are we just staring at the stronghold? Did you come in prepared? Are y'all tired? We'll boost up the coffee or something. Like, come in and let's rip the roof off. I go it. I go for it. Because I didn't grow in a home that had Jesus. I know what it's like to be at the end of yourself. I know what it's like to see chaos around you. I know what it's like to fear death every minute of your life. I know what it's like to find comfort in food and a computer screen. I know what it's like to feel any source of life from something that isn't worth it. And to be saved, yeah, I'm going to praise God like nothing else. I really, I really don't care what you think of me. And I'm not thinking about you in this time either. 
So who's been set free in this place? So if you've been set free, why don't you sing like it? If you've been set free, why don't you praise like it? I'm, 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 so, tired of, I'm so tired of the halfway. Let me tell you something. You, it's dark in here. Nobody's looking at you. You can be weird. You don't have to be too cool for school. It's all right, buddy. That stuff ended in 2012 when you graduated. Nobody cares. I've heard it said that pride is the only demon that won't let you worship. pride aside. Praise him with everything you got. What has he saved you from? What hope do you now have? What has he changed in your life? I'll tell you this, even when I go through hell, I know it's good. Even when I felt a few years ago my whole life being uprooted, I knew it was good. Even when her and I weren't doing good, I knew it was good. So praise like it. Actually, watch what your praise might actually do. <laughs> if anything, praise, praise and watch how it moves. Stop being halfway. No wall can stand up when God is lifted up. No wall can stand when God is lifted up. It just can't. It just can't. We got to praise, church, yeah? Good. They devoted the city. Go ahead. They devoted the city uh, to the Lord and destroyed with the sword, every living thing in it, men, women, young, old, cattle, sheep, donkeys, they got rid of everything. I'll say it again, I'll say it again, I'll say it again. When the walls fall, church, you got to get everything out. Go ahead. When the walls fall, clear out all the mess inside. It's so apparent. It's so obvious. If you're dismantling strongholds in your life, get it all out. You cannot drop the alcohol addiction and keep that bottle secretly behind the couch. Get it all out. Go ahead. Jesus, or I'm sorry, go ahead. Joshua said to the two men who had spied out the land, go into the prostitute's house, bring her out and all who belong to her in accordance with your oath to her. So the young men who had done uh, the spying went and brought out Rahab, her father, her mother, her brothers, her sisters, everyone who all belonged to her. They brought her out of the entire thing. Go ahead. They brought out her entire family, put them in a place outside of the camp of Israel. Then they burned the whole city and everything in it. But they put the silver and gold and the articles of bronze into the treasury of the Lord's house. They gave to God what was God's. We had a message on how uh, this, is the, this was the first battle and they gave the first fruits to God. And someone tried taking the first fruits and it brought about, it brought about destruction for, for Israel. Go ahead. But Joshua, go ahead, spared Rahab the prostitute with her family and all who belonged to her. I'm sorry, we're reading. We're going to get through this account. Because she hid the men Joshua had sent as spies to Jericho. And she lives among the Israelites to this day. At that time, Joshua pronounced a solemn oath. He said, cursed before the Lord is the one who undertakes to rebuild this city, Jericho. Go ahead. Yep. And at the cost of his firstborn son, he will lay its foundations. At the cost of his youngest, he will set up its gates. And look at this last line in the, in the scripture. And so the Lord was with Joshua, and his, frame, his fame spread all throughout the land. Here's the really incredible part. The world recognizes when the greatest of strongholds fall. The world looks at it and says, how are you not depressed anymore? Wait a second, you're set free from an alcohol addiction? How is that possible? How are you? How are you operating like this now? You were fearful your whole life. Mm. 
And so the world takes note. It's unavoidable. That's why I'm really excited about this year of breaking strongholds. First of all, people are going to find freedom. But second thing that I believe, I believe it's just going to be contagious to our community around us. I believe that people will come in to find freedom from Jesus Christ. Not because we're awesome. Not because we got some cool little gift. No, no, no. But because the power of God and the presence of God is here. And he's going to move and do what he does. We're going to be wall breakers. Amen, church. So how do we do it? How do we become wall breakers? It's very simple from this, from this account. This is so incredible. But before we do, I want to show you some of the walls that you and I are called to break. And this is where we tie in part two. Someone say part two. This is some of the walls that we're going to break. Mark chapter 16 puts it like this. Jesus died and rose again. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. I'm the, co- I'm the chief now. Y'all are the police. Now go handle some things. Here's what you're going to do. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. The good news for the forgiveness of sins to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who, someone say it, believe. We got any believers in the house. Not just the pastor guy with the microphone. Not just a seminary school grad who wrote a cool fancy paper. Not just a mega church pastor who's got an awesome dope Instagram following. No. Believers will be doing this. In my name, they will drive out demons. That's the strongholds we're going to be conquering. We'll speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes. Come on, with their hands. They will drink deadly poison. It won't hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people. And they will get well. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. Strongholds are going to be destroyed. Let's go. So how do we do that? First, we got to operate with power. Where does that power come from? Go ahead. Put this up there. Someone say power. The ability to do it. The ability to do it. We share this week in and week out. I told you, part two. We're going to tie this all in. Acts chapter 1, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. What did we say and what did we see in the account with Joshua? You cannot do this without the presence of God. You cannot do this without the power of God in your life. This is not some self-help program. You need the power of the Holy Spirit in your life and watch strongholds start to fall. Amen, church. You receive this upon belief. You don't have to be super awesome special. When you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved and you'll be given this deposit. And you will have this power in you. Second thing is this. You need to pray. Church, we're in the year of constant prayer. Marcus, go ahead. Share the scripture. 1 Thessalonians 5. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Boom. We ain't need no computer screen. Pray continually. Prayer. This was incredible. Um, Go ahead, you can put this up here. Now the Lord, consider their threats. Yeah, yeah, this is Acts chapter 4. And, and what ended up happening is, is Paul, or I'm sorry, Peter and John, they were going and presenting the gospel. They actually healed someone, picked them up at these gates, and they were presenting the gospel, speaking to the religious leaders and saying, look, it's by the power of Jesus Christ in his name that we do all of these things. And then what ended up happening is they went back to their people and they showed them and they told them what had happened. 
Now the Lord consider, they're, they're praying. They're praying together as a community like we do. Now Lord, consider their threats, the religious leaders' threats, and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness, they were praying. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders, God, through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And they prayed, go ahead, and after they had prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Let me tell you something. Prayer is what starts to shake things. If you're trying to dismantle strongholds without prayer and without going to God about it, and here, let me just tell you something that's awesome about prayer. It's a simple dialogue and a conversation between you and God. That's it. doesn't need to be some ritualistic thing. You just go to him always, and things start to shake. Amen, church? What happens when foundations start to shake? Walls will fall. Lastly is we got to praise. Someone say praise. Yeah, you got to praise God. Acts chapter 16, one of my favorite stories. Paul and Silas were in jail for preaching and teaching the gospel. They set a person free from their ability to do fortune telling. (laughs) They kicked out some demonic stuff. And then they were thrown in jail. About midnight, Paul and Silas, while in jail in the inner cell, they were praying and what? Singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. This is what's amazing. I love this because they're praising God and it's not only their jail cell that opens up, it's everyone's wall that breaks as praise starts going on. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken and at once all, someone say all, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. They were chain breakers, church. You want to be a chain breaker, start praising God a little bit. You have authority to break strongholds, demolish strongholds. That's enough. That's enough. Amen, church? It's enough. Someone say, I'm here. And it's different now. It's different now. Where I am, where I am, strongholds will fall. Amen, church? Oh, my gosh. Where I am, strongholds will fall. Not because I'm great, not because I'm anything special, but because the power and the presence of God is up to something. Amen, church. Did y'all learn something today? Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for the power and the authority that comes from you. God, if that wall seems way too big for us to face, way greater than we could ever imagine, God, we know that you have delivered it to us in the first place. Whatever that black box is, whatever that wall is in our life, whatever it is that we aren't letting anything in or anything out, whatever it is, we give it all to you and ask for the authority to demolish that stronghold by the power of Jesus Christ. And so God, we thank you that this is going to be a room filled with people who are demolishing strongholds. Someone say, I'm here, and strongholds will fall. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, amen. Lift up a shout of praise for a good God.